All right, so we're back with our second episode of the Family Friendly Fort Lauderdale podcast. And I'm excited to do this one. We're actually going to be talking with uh, Bernie Pelsmayer in just a moment from the School of Rock, not only here in Fort Lauderdale, but all of Broward County. And uh, I'm excited for this one because I've actually seen the students from the School of Rock performing at some of our events here on the Riverwalk. We've got several parks. Uh, Esplanade and Heizenga Parks, and sometimes they're participating or performing at those events. So it's really cool to see the students out and doing real world stuff, getting their, their exposure and showing what they've been learning. So we're excited to share this one. And uh, just as an aside, the podcast is new for us. You might have been following our newsletter for a little while, but we wanted to share more feature and spotlight stories of what's happening here in the greater Fort Lauderdale area. Because honestly, there's a lot to miss and <laughs> you don't want to find out a day or two after it's happening. So without further ado, let me bring on uh, Bernie. Let's, there we go. Bernie, welcome to the family friendly Fort Lauderdale podcast. It's a mouthful, but uh, we have a lot of fun sharing cool stories. Yeah, that's good. But uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's dive in uh, right away. Uh, Bernie, you guys are not just the Fort Lauderdale school. You're doing all of Broward County. How did that happen? And Maybe give us a little bit of background about School of Rock. <clears throat> folks folks might have seen the movie, Jack Black, all the fun that it involves, but what's actually happening in the school and how did it all get connected for you? So, yeah, I'll start at the beginning. The, um, <clears throat> the first school in Broward County, actually, the first school in Florida was the School of Rock of Coral Springs. Um, and we got involved with the company about 2007, but School of Rock has been around since uh, the late 90s, 1998. So... Um, the movie and the school, it, the actual school, has fed each other back and forth. And I'll get into that in a second, just for a minute of history. Um, the original School of Rock was called the Paul Green School of Rock. And it was founded by this guy named Paul Green. And it really started in like a loft space in Philadelphia. He just had this love of music and was kind of a bang around rock and roller. And he just met some kids and started working with them and started training them. Uh, and eventually put together a show. And because he's, you know, was a guy with... A lot of connections and you know understood how rock music really was it very much was um, a trade school if you will kind of an attitude like if you are here you're very serious about music you want to be a musician like you're supposed to leave here and get in a van with your band and like go go play music like that's the idea so it was cool but as the idea grew and as it started like franchising and we are an organization built entirely of musicians the ceo plays piano and everybody like from from there on down, like everybody plays in some form or manner. Um, the uh, the you know it started expanding, and Paul didn't really. He was this brilliant educator. He he didn't want to be involved in like this huge thing. So at that time, the School of Rock, like some of their kids had been on like MTV. You know, they had that like after school thing. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. But uh, with like Carson Daly or something like that, like every day with people in New York outside, like some of the kids were on there, like shredding, like in the early 2000s. And then the movie came out and the brand was starting to get really big. So the uh, the School of Rock and Paul amicably parted ways um, kind of in the late 2000s. And that's when we became like School of Rock, just the name School of Rock. But when we first started, it was still called the Paul Green School of Rock. So we opened in late 2007 and almost immediately the north palm beach uh way up in pga and the school of rock miami kind of we all opened up kind of in the big like six month area um 
And yeah, we just started teaching kids. And over the years, it's grown from 20 something units when we first started, which we started because the owner was a guy who lives in New York and they moved to Weston and his son knew people from New York and he was like 10 years old. And he was like, Hey, they heard this thing about this thing called school of rock. And he was like, school of rock. Well, I should, uh, I should find out what this thing is. So, you know, it was again, an organization built of musicians. So we don't know, we didn't at the time, we don't know anything about business or anything like <laughs> like it was a hot mess. And we, um, you know, he, 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 you know, optioned and became a franchisee in one and about like three months into their development, I came on board and I was working for there for about a month. And then they're like, okay, well you should be in charge of this. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but it's kind of snowballed since then. And we've since then throughout the years have, you know, in these past 15 years in Broward County opened up four schools. We have the one in Coral Springs, then we opened what we call um, West Broward, which is in Davie. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we uh, had an option to open up one in Pompano. So we're open, we opened up one at the Pompano City Center. And then the Fort Lauderdale one is our latest and final school. And we're also kind of involved with the School of Rock North Miami as well, um, who's a good friend of ours and who we you know, kind of have a business relationship with. So, yeah, we've grown into this entire thing because it's become this huge idea of music education reverse engineered and the idea of it being a trade school over the years has dropped which i prefer because music should be for everybody like that's the biggest thing like we this is not the voice this is not you know america's got talent this is like you should if you want to learn music you should have an opportunity to learn music and get something from the process of learning music so that's how that's how it started and that's how we got to where we are now. I think that's one of the most interesting things that I notice when I see you guys out in public and performing is the accessibility. Uh, you know, this is something we talk about in, in our acting school, which is when, when the motivation and the inspiration comes internally, when young people are reaching out and they want to do it, not because someone's saying, go, you know, go do your, you know, trumpet lessons or whatever, but they're saying, Hey, I want to do this cool thing with my friends and that accessibility, like rock band and all these, you know, video games and stuff brought music, our generation of music, you know, the young people are playing stuff from the eighties. And I'm like, that song was cool when I was in junior high, like you guys are loving it now. It's kind of cool to see that all brought back. But Bernie, I want to dig into something that you said a, a moment ago. Why you? What was your background and, and your passion that got you into this role that you're shepherding multiple locations here in Broward County? Because I think that's really interesting. Uh, so, that, that yeah. it's, yeah, it's no, growing no, no, that no. way. Sorry, no, not, to, not to talk over you. But yeah, I um, so what's what happened is I, um, I'm from Cleveland and my training is I'm a jazz musician. So I started studying jazz and um you know i made my way to new york and lived in new york for eight years where i made my living being a musician and playing all kinds of different music from latin jazz to Afrobeats to i was in an indie rock band playing guitar and doing all that kind of stuff and then at some point new york got expensive and i didn't feel the necessity to live there anymore so i ended up in florida and about six months after living here uh, somebody told me, Hey, there's this new thing called school of rock. And I've always been very, uh, uh, interested and devoted to education. Like I thought about being 
a, a band director, like a like a school teacher at some point. Um, and ultimately not deciding that that was my forum, but I've always had an interest in education. So when I saw the system and I saw how School of Rock was, it was a very easy fit for me to be involved. Your students are coming from all over uh, Broward County. When I see you guys out performing at some of these events, is that a collective performance where they're coming from the different locations, but they all get a chance to perform public publicly? Or how does that happen? How did you guys get involved? So, so let me explain a little bit about what you've what you've seen out in the events and what a lot of people may see when they see School of Rock uh, in the area. Um, what you're seeing is our audition only program called the House Band. And the house bands are students who have participated in our school, but also have um, kind of presented themselves as good members of the community. So they're asked to audition. You don't just audition because you're good at guitar. If you're good at guitar, but you're a jerk to everybody, like that's great. And School of Rock is still a place for you, but the house band isn't because you're not a, a representative of, of the ideals we're trying to promote, you know, which is very much a teamwork sort of thing. Um, and I, you, you were talking about piano le like lessons in general, and I want to get back to that in a second because it, it really speaks to how School of Rock works for everybody. Um, but yeah, the house bands, they audition and then they participate in an extra program where they do come from all over, kind of like travel soccer, where this is their team, these are their songs, they're assigned these parts. It's like a group of 16 kids. It's not a band of five. So this drummer and this guitarist and this bass player and this bass singer may be working on this song, and then they all switch and play at different levels. And that's part of what the idea is. Like I could have a guitarist who's done the national program, the All Stars, and he's you know 16 and can shred his guitar in half, but we're playing a Weezer song and he's playing the second guitar part. And it's just as valuable musically for him to do his part well than it is for him to do you know, Cliffs of Dover, some like shredding Joe Satriani something, because those are both, it's both about, it's it's about, you know, a saying we use band together, you know, you, you band together, like you can't just be, you're a star, like we all work together to make an awesome performance. And sometimes you're the leader and sometimes you're the follower. And if you're, if you're follow, picking up what I'm putting down, this obviously speaks to like life skills you're supposed to learn to be a functional adult. You know, that's the soft lesson. It's like, hey, you may be the star right now, but on this song, there's an eight-year-old who's playing his first solo, and it's an ACDC song. And you need, you may play progressive rock or Frank Zappa, but on this song, you're gonna go because that's what that kid needs for him to be successful, and that's your part in the song. Yeah, I I love this so much. It's very much in alignment with what we talk about here at Acton, which is real-world skills. And to your point, the soft skills, which sometimes get downplayed, they seem like because they're soft, they're less important. But this is this is the make or break stuff. This is why someone gets chosen. As you said, auditions makes the house band because they have the soft skills. They can get along with others, which is what we all want in, in our work, life, play environments. We want to get along. We want to do cool stuff together. And if you can't, you can't do that, you can't get along with others, you're not going to get invited. So uh, tell me right. a little bit more about the, the lessons part of it, because I think that's really important for families out there that are hearing this and saying, you know what, maybe this, this is the thing that might get you know, my son or daughter off the small screens and into the real world a little bit more and have let them have some fun with others. Right. What's more important, screen time or stage time, right? Yeah. So the, okay, so so <clears throat> it, it all ties in together. Like 
when we think about a traditional music lesson, we think about going into a piano lesson, the kid is only vaguely interested or not interested at all, but I took piano lessons, so my child's going to take piano lessons, which sounds punitive straight out the gate. You put a book in front of them with a big notes on it that go hot, cross, buns, and the kid's like, uh, uh, uh. so they're playing this music that they don't particularly like, that they can't relate to, and it's this is the proper way to learn music. Now, our students do learn how to read music. Our students do learn applied theory, which is a five chord leads to a one chord because this is because when I go, we're done, you hear the rest of the chords because you're familiar with modern music. You, your brain automatically fills it out whether you're a musician or not, but you don't need to know that that's an imperfect authentic cadence or something like that. You just need to know that the five leads to the run because the one because that's derived from you know how the major scale works and all this kind of stuff so you know how to use it you know how to use the music theory and they do learn how to read i have an eight-year-old in the program and he's reading sight reading like 16th notes and doing all this kind of stuff and it's not because he's my kid it's because that's just what he's working on with his teacher so we do have that but the idea is that they learn the songs first and we do call it like this is a curriculum where like i think the last count we had is 318 units internationally like there's an entire curriculum built around the idea that we're teaching them the music first so they understand that music is fun so all of our students come twice a week and they'll get their lesson but they're immediately put into a program where they're playing with other students depending on their age and skill level and it there's low expectations they're like i only took one guitar lesson it's like yeah that's fine you're just gonna move your finger here and one finger and it seems like oh well that's you're dumbing it down it's like no i'm not they're playing smells like teen spirit and to play a power chord your fingers have to be like this but the basis of that is your one finger needs to know how to move from here to here it's like setting up your hand so like all these kind of things like th then they're playing music and they're playing with other people and that's exciting and fun so if they're motivated and see what the results are, they're more likely to be motivated to practice at home and will be resist less resistant to the, the eat your broccoli part of learning anything. Because we have to remember, like all these skills, like all arts, everyone's like, oh my God, art, it is this beautiful gift and all this stuff. Yeah, 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 that's great. But you, if you're learning how to play an instrument, there's a huge amount of physicality. That's repetition and brought into it and then you just have to do again and again to make it second nature and learning all these skills it's all very physical and there's a lot of like work involved so we're trying to make sure that they understand how it's applied so like a kid learning um uh i love rock and roll you know the dance with me and this is like okay great now they learn this little thing and they're learning the notes. It's like E, D, you know, they're learning the notes, but they, they're not learning what it is yet. And they're like, okay, you learn the thing. You can play along with the person. That's called the pentatonic scale. You're a guitarist. You're going to use that scale all the time. Now we're learning scales because now you understand the application and you've seen it used in a song. That's how School of Rock works. I think young people are, actually, it's not just young people. Our world around us is craving that substance of doing hard things and being able to show that progress and that work and, and do be, be able to do cool things together because it was hard. 
not be, because there's so much superficial stuff in our world, right? It's on TV. It's on, on these screens, big and small around us that I think I'm seeing this desire to do the hard stuff because there's substance there. Uh, Bernie, I want to ask you uh, in a moment, we're going to wrap up. So we okay. always keep this short for our audience out there. I want them to get a taste of what you guys are doing at School right. of Rock. I so could talk can... for hours. <laughs> yes, but no. I think we could. I think I, I want to ask you uh, before we wrap, um, you guys don't just serve uh, young people. You also have some adults in the program. I read from the website. Tell me a, shortly, uh, in a short, concise way, a little bit about that for folks, the adults same, that might want to join. Right. You. The same program we have for kids, we have for adults, where adults come twice a week and they can learn an instrument and play, um, play in a group and do performances. And our kids perform, you know, at the basic level, they perform every four months. Um, their recital, which will be at a bar, you know, or brewery or something, because you play where musicians play. Uh, even the even the eight year olds, um, but the adult program. What's cool about it, and we have an unusually kind of strong adult program here in Broward, uh, compared to other School of Rocks, is because we know you're an adult. Like when a kid tells me, "I don't want to learn the Doors," I don't know what that is. I'm like, "Don't shut up and go learn the Doors." <laughs> but if an adult's like, "Hey, I really dig Eric Clapton, and I don't really dig like Anthrax," we're not going to be like, "Well, you need to learn Metallica." You know, it's not you know, or, or metal music, sorry, excuse me. Uh, it, it, it's so we, we adjust in that way. We know like you have jobs and lives. So we're, it doesn't, you know, we don't employ any, like all of our teachers are musicians. So we don't employ anybody who's like, if you're not practicing three hours a day, you know, you're not serious. No, no, that guy, like, I appreciate that guy. That guy is great for college, but not for school of rock. So there, there's there. Our adult program does perform, and we have a jam session tomorrow night that we just opened up to the community at a uh, Kelly Brothers Irish Pub in Fort Lauderdale. Um, that uh, we're inviting all adults, not just in our program, just to come out and like play, like a jam session, like a pro jam. So if there's a person out there who's like, I learned, you know, sweet child, uh, sweet child of mine, or sweet home Alabama, and you're like, all right, well, come play. This is a safe space for you to do it. Very cool. So parents, you know, I want to underline what Bernie just said, and I want to challenge you because if you've ever had one of those experiences, we have five children, so I've, I'm with you on this. If you, if you've ever tried to share your guidance and advice with your child and they're just not having it because that's part of their growth, they're, they're trying to build their own autonomy. They don't want to hear the advice but they love seeing you challenge yourself in the same way that they're experiencing. So if you're willing to take that hero's journey yourself and be a learner again, be a beginner again and make the mistakes and show you're willing to make mistakes and learn from them the same way they are, they love that environment. They love seeing that, that role modeling of you doing that and being willing to put yourself out there the same way they're experiencing themselves. That's the best way to connect with your children, honestly, is to become a beginner again with them so they can experience that with you instead of you sitting back and being the expert trying to lecture them on how, how the world works. No one wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. So just remember your children don't want that either. Uh, in a moment, we're going to come back. We're going to hear one last word from Bernie. I want to, I want, Bernie, I want to prep you on this. What do you guys have going in a moment? Because I know you guys always have these cool events. You, you mentioned the one coming up tomorrow night. Uh, but before, before we get there, I've got one inline quick read from our sponsor that I want to share with everyone. So how do you run a school with over 100 learners and three or less adults? The answer can be found at the Acton Academy schools where learning to be and learning to think independently 
is the name of the game. Uh, 250 years ago, you could take a 16-year-old and they might be trusted enough to be a captain of their own sailing ship. So why not prepare our students and our children to run and operate their own school? Do something radical for your child. Visit Acton Academy, Fort Lauderdale. Come see what we're doing there. So uh, Bernie, to get back to School of Rock, you guys always have these events. When is the house band performing again? What's what's coming up big that you're excited about? There's so much because our house <laughs> band plays a lot. I mentioned tomorrow night we have an open jam that we invite all adults to come out and play. Um, on our house band plays virtually every weekend. So and they do charity events, you know, uh, fest family festivals, and then also do cool rock and roll things. So a couple of notable things. Um, the Winterfest uh, Boat Parade, their family fun day, we're going to be the entertainment for that day. And that's going to be on November 20th at Esplanade Park. Um, on December 3rd, it's the drummer from Iron Maidens, Nico McBrain's birthday. And we always open up the show. And that's at Rock and Roll Ribs in Coral Springs. Um, and then all throughout the, the month of December, every weekend up through Christmas, we're going to have concerts every almost every night. Um, in various locations around town, Kelly Brothers Irish Pub, a uh, Lauder Ale uh, Brewery in Fort Lauderdale, and then uh, Holy Mackerel Brewery uh, has been a really great partner for us as well. Uh, doing a couple Saturdays there, and we play all different places all around. You can find out everything like at schoolofrock.com. You can see where we are or on our social media pages, uh, which are very easy to find. This is great, Bernie. I'm I'm excited to see you. We we live near the Riverwalk. We go to a lot of these events, so I'll be looking at looking you up at one of these events uh, soon. And I hope other folks will too. Catch these students who are performing, maybe for the first time, or they've. I guess you said they auditioned for the house band. So uh, this is a great story. There's a lot here for you, maybe for your family, but certainly, if nothing else, get in the audience, cheer these folks along because they're doing something cool and they're. They're pursuing a passion and willing to put themselves out there in the public. And I think that's very cool. So with that said, we're going to wrap up for today. This was family friendly Fort Lauderdale. We love to spotlight and feature folks who are doing cool things here in the community. And we thank Bernie Pelsmajor for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Strong. Strong.